Hi, and welcome to the Internet Marketing Show that gives you, amongst other things, simple, proven, and practical steps to build your very own successful online business. Here's your host, the village marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. Hello, and welcome to session number 10 of Great Communication Secrets Part 2. Today's topic is about Call to Action. Hi, I'm Peter Beck and I'm the Village Marketer. And in this session, we're talking about how to maximize the results of your call to action at the end of your presentation. How to get the audience to want to engage with you after you finish your presentation. Remember, the measure of success is not how long they clap or how many people come up to you afterwards and say, Oh, I love your presentation, Peter. The measure of success is whether or not people want to engage with you after the presentation in terms of a business component. There are two types of possibilities here. One possibility is that you can make an offer from the stage, that you can sell something to the audience from the stage, for example, right? But we're actually going to talk about that in the next session. You see, in this session, I'd like to talk to you about What should you do if you can't make an offer from the stage? If you can't sell anything? What we want to do in that situation is to be able to collect the contact information of the audience, of the people in the room, so that we can engage with them after. That's the focus, all right? Now, there's two ways to do this. And I'm going to make this blatantly obvious, right? Here's one way. You can simply say to the audience near the end of your presentation, hey, I really would like to get your email addresses so I can send you marketing emails every day for the rest of your life. Now, I know you don't want me to give you email address, so I'm going to bribe you. I've put together an eight-page PDF, and I'm going to tell you it's worth 1200 bucks. If you give me your email address, I will send you the eight-page PDF that I'm saying is worth 1200 Now, I'm joking a bit, right? But we've all probably felt what that feels like. It doesn't feel great. And there's a far better way. If you recall in the previous session, we were talking about embedding, okay? And this is where we are now. Rather than wait until the end of your presentation to collect the information from your audience because you can't sell or offer anything, right? Instead, embed it into the content portion of your presentation. Remember, the human brain is great at categorizing. So, when you get to the end of your presentation and you start selling or you start trying to collect people's names, the human brain figures that out and it's very skeptical about, for example, the eight-page PDF bribe, which I used as as a bit of a comical example. But that's the point. People at that point in time are not really listening too much to you, right? But when you do it in the middle of your presentation, in the actual content section, the human brain, as I said before, is listening for information. It's carefully listening and it's in a believing mind. So here's what I want you to do. When you can't sell or offer anything from the stage, okay, I want you to pick a piece of content that is extremely valuable, something that the audience really wants. 
Oftentimes, a good way to identify this is that if you have, for example, a slide presentation, is there a slide that everybody in the room takes their cameras out and takes a photo of? Or is there a slide that everyone in the room all of a sudden is writing as fast as they can and they tell you to go back because they didn't get it all written down? Now, if that's the case, you've created some desire. And after you've created the desire, then this is what you do. But watch the order because that's very important. You expose them to the content first, like for example, your PowerPoint slides and the one in particular that everybody was writing madly or wanted to take photos of. And then for logistical purposes only, say, there's only one way I can get this to you. I can only get this to you if you give me your contact information. When they give you their email address, who's doing who a favour then? You're doing them a favour because you're giving them this valuable piece of information that they desperately want. Alright? So it reverses the normal order of the call to action. Now during your signature presentation, you can talk about 10 different things you need to do or whatever is pertinent to your niche. Like for me, it could be 10 essential things that you need to cover in any sales conversation. This includes creating rapport, expressing empathy, educating with compassion, empowering people to make the right decision, all these sort of things, right? Let's say there's 10 of them. But you're not going to cover 10, as we mentioned before. You're only going to cover two or three, right? So then I'd say, look, I'd be happy to share my list with you. Your list may be probably a little bit different to mine, but I'd be happy to share my list with you if you'd like that. And of course, everybody in the room would like that. Now, again, for logistical purposes only, you simply say, look, I don't know how I can give it to you. Oh, I could email it to you. And there, there are cards printed on the table that you can fill out and turn them in. And I'll be happy to send you that if you wish. That's an example. But the key point is, did you see the order? The order is I exposed them to the content first. I got them interested first. In other words, in the content portion of my presentation, I created the desire. Then, for logistical purposes only, I offered to help you out by giving you the information if you would fill out the card that's in front of you on the table. And you'd have those already prepared, right? And really, you can use a lot of different methods to collect content information from people in the room. But the one that produces the highest percentage are the pre-printed cards that you sit on a table or sit on the chairs before people come into the meeting. It's not uncommon for you, by the way, to be able to collect more than 100% of the people in the room. Sometimes 110 or 120% of the people in the room. Now you're probably thinking, hang on, Peter, how is that possible? You can't get more than 100% of the people in the room. Well, you can. You see, as they're filling out the card, I will often drop one more note to them or one more comment to them and say, I know everybody wants this. And a lot of times emails get blocked in this day and age. So if you'd rather put two email addresses down, a work one and a home one, that way you'll be sure to get this valuable piece of information that you want from me. They put their work one down, which for some audiences 
and entrepreneurs and business startups. These work emails may be changed every six months, right? As they change the name of their business, or they go out of business or whatever it is, or go to a new company. But you know what doesn't change? The good old Gmail address. That old Yahoo address. And of course, the, the AOL email address. They never change. They stick with them forever. And you will have that information on that client forever as well. So you can do this in your presentation, but you can only do it if you are not making an offer. Okay, that's how you can get more than 100%. Now remember, if you are making an offer, you don't want to make a free offer as well. Please don't do that. You have to decide before your presentation what you have permission to do. If you have permission to sell something and you want to sell something, you can do that. And we'll talk about that in our next session. But if you're not allowed to do that, or you choose not to do that, then you can have a free offer. But don't wait until the end and just give it to them as a package offer. Okay? In the content portion of your presentation, teach a valuable piece of content and then offer it to them. And you'll get oodles of people in the room to sign up for that. Then when you get to the call to action portion of your presentation, okay, then you can just simply remind them. They know already. So then your call to action in the presentation would be something like, remember if you want that important piece of information we talked about earlier in the content part of my presentation, now is the time to fill out the card. Okay? Can you see it in front of you? If you haven't got one, put your hand up and I'll make sure I get one to you. Logistically, here's what they should do with it. You have to tell them specifically what to do with it. This may sound like it's asking too much, but you've got to tell people exactly what to do. Like, you can leave them on the table, or you can take them to my booth, or there are people with boxes at the doors, and you can put them in the boxes. Whatever it is, make it specific so they know they have to fill out the card and what they do with the card. Whatever it is logistically, at the very end of your call to action, you just simply have to remind them what to do with the cards because you've already pre-warmed them up by embedding an idea in the content part of your presentation. Now remember, that should not be the very end of your presentation either. That should be followed by emotional story close. So one last story at the end, as we talked about in the previous part of our training means your call to action isn't the last thing that you say to them. One last story that either closes a loop from the beginning of your presentation or puts them in an emotional place where it's time to take action, where it's time to find a mentor, where it's time to change the status quo, whatever it may be. You just simply tell one more story that is emotional to do the emotional close as well. Why am I focusing on that? It's because there are two types of buyers in most rooms. Two types of people who make decisions in either a tactical or an emotional way. And in this way, you'll get both. And by the way, if they're attending your presentation as a couple, many couples are one of each, an emotional decision maker and a tactical decision maker. By doing both, right, by giving them 
logistical step-by-step things, what to do with their call-to-action cards and an emotional story, okay? Then you'll get everybody in the room to sign up to engage with you after the presentation. This is how you maximise the engagement after your signature talk presentation. By embedding the next level engagement examples, by embedding the testimonials and by embedding your free value offer, which is how you're going to collect the information of the people in the room if you're not selling to them. Make sense? Okay, the action step for this session, if you're not going to sell to your presentation, is to decide what's the most valuable piece of content and put together a card that people could fill out so you can engage with them after the event. All right? Now, in our next session, we'll talk about selling from the stage using your signature talk. I'm sure you're going to enjoy that. So, talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Internet Marketing Dinner Show with your host, the village marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. For more great content, go online, peterbeckenham.com. We'll catch you next time.